1: They are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. That means you can call into the studio here, 312-642-5600, 312 642 5600, We are powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, TandemHR.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. So first up on the program is the award-winning financial columnist for Reuters, a TV commentator, and the author of the best-selling book, Saving for Retirement without living like a like a pauper or winning the lottery. And she is also the woman that Northwestern University's Journalism School has named the best financial columnist and has won over a dozen other awards for her journalism. It is a privilege to have Gail Marks-Jarvis here in studio with us. Gail, welcome to the program. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Absolutely. So, Gail, you are incredibly passionate about personal finances. And uh, first of all, I know you've recently made the the transition after 12 years of the Chicago Tribune. You're now at Reuters. What does that mean for Gail Marks-Jarvis? and uh, and all of your messaging and advice that your readers have come to know?
2: Well, I'm going to continue to write the same kind of column. All the things that people have followed me about over the years, I'll still be writing those same kind of columns. People can find them online at Reuters. And uh, I'm looking forward to a new venue. Reuters, of course, runs globally, and I'm looking forward to that kind of exposure
1: expanded reach which is wonderful and i know you're also very active and of course we'll share your contact information but uh you're active on twitter at gail Jarvis, and of course uh, folks can find you on linkedin as well but uh, linkedin is known as a small business resource speaking of small business resources you and i ha- uh, were chatting earlier about uh, the decisions that small business owners need to make to be responsible what what is i guess the number one bit of advice that you have for these small business owners we talk so much about management strategies but owners need to look out for themselves don't they
2: yes and uh so i've been nagging at small business owners for years and this is what i say constantly i know that you're busy growing your business and number one on your mind you're thinking about pleasing your customers what do i have to do to make my customers happy What do I need to do to grow the business? But people get so overwhelmed with that way of thinking that they forget about the other thing that they need to grow, and that's their retirement money. Uh, A lot of people, whether they're small business people or or other people, think that somehow the money for retirement is just going to add up over the years. But people have to be putting small amounts away all along. And small business people have a huge benefit because not only can they save for retirement, but they can also cut their taxes if they're saving for retirement, which is something a lot of
1: people are not thinking about. Absolutely. And is this something that you think a small business owner should be thinking about on day one? Because often the approach that people come into starting a business with is, oh my gosh, I know the statistics. I know so many small businesses fail. I know how much I'm going to have to put in for my personal wealth. They're often not thinking of that exit strategy. What point does this conversation need to take place? And probably often involves more than just the business owner, but their spouse or their immediate family members as well.
2: Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the spouse because in the, in the case of men, and a lot of small business owners are women But in the case of men in particular, they may be thinking about their business and not necessarily their spouse, and women tend to live much longer than men. In fact, 90% of married women are going to live to 90, so they're going to need a lot of money to live in. And if things go well, they'll have the business to rely on, but a lot of times the business alone is not enough for retirement. And one of the mistakes that small businesses are making at the outset, because you asked me about early on, they're rating 401ks from past employment. That's the way they get started. And I know it's tempting, but they're going to need that money. So just to give an example, if you had $500,000 saved by the time you retired, that would give you about $20,000 a year to live on not that much money. Right. If you have a million dollars, then 40000 a year to live on. Uh, again, people are kind of surprised that it's that small, but there's a rule of thumb that when you retire, you can take out 4% of your savings a year. And if you take out more than that, you're at risk of running out of money sometime during a 25 year retirement. So uh saving something from the start is important. And as I said, the tax policy makes that a lot easier to do than you might think. I, I've talked to so many small business people that they do their taxes and they go, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm giving it all away. And small businesses may be doing that in their federal taxes and And their state taxes, they may be giving almost half away in taxes. But if they save for retirement in a 401k that they set up or a SEP IRA that they set up or a simple IRA that they set up, um, they can deduct a lot of that. And so their tax liability will go down.
1: Some fantastic advice. Again, we are chatting with Gail Mark Jarvis now at Reuters uh, with that expanded reach. And as mentioned, you can find... Gail's uh, award-winning columns, which you've seen for the past uh, 12 years of the Chicago Tribune, now uh, globally, which is very exciting. Gail, some fantastic advice, but you've mentioned several times, even thinking just little by little and putting a little bit aside, you mentioned the benefits that small business owners have by doing this. What do you mean by a little? You talked about what people need at the, at the end, uh, right. meaning when you want to retire, um, but what does putting aside a little bit uh, mean? Great, great question. So I've actually done some calculations. If someone was
2: going to start on their very first job or when they first started their business, say, at age 21, right when they become an adult for the first time, they could save just $25 a week, stick it in a retirement account, put it in a simple mutual fund that invests in the stock market and the bond market, mostly in in stocks when they're young, But if they were to put it in that and earn what those funds have earned historically, by the time they retired, after saving just $25 a week, they would have about a million dollars. But if they don't do it in their 20s and they save and they wait, they don't save and they start doing it, say, at 35 then they have to save about $100 a week to get to the same point. And if they wait and don't do it in their 30s, they wait till their 40s, then we're talking about saving about $250 a week. So those small savings right at the start are essential to make life easy on yourself, not hard on yourself.
1: Gail, I feel like we can talk for hours on the, on all these subjects, and you've already shared just little snippets of information about your advice on on places that people should look for secure. Uh, Investments, secure uh, retirement savings. Uh, it's I have a philosophy about time management uh, that it, I, I, it sounds like you would agree with applies in terms of retirement savings. It never gets any easier tomorrow. I, I tell this to everybody I talk to when it comes to uh, getting a project done. Just get it done. Just work on it today because tomorrow there's going to be more things that will add up on your plate. It sounds like when a small business owner as passionate as you are about your small business, and certainly you always think it will be easier tomorrow in, in, in the next year in business, it will be easier to start putting money aside. There will be more profits, uh, your advice is start now. It's okay. Start now. Put aside that little bit. That's $25 a week. And it will make a big difference as you go along. There might even be more businesses in the future. Entrepreneurs are true entrepreneurs, always with ideas. So lots of great advice. But I can't believe it. We are quickly running out of time. And Gail, I want to make sure our listeners can Uh, find more from you, although I certainly want to make sure that we'll have you back on many, many, many more times uh, for your wonderful advice. Gail Marks Jarvis, how can uh, folks uh, find your book and read some of your columns and read about some of your columns?
2: Well, I do have a website. It has a very original name. It's gailmarksjarvis.com. And uh, people who are looking uh, for me now that they are no longer finding my column in the Tribune can email me from gailmarkstarvis.com and I hope that they do because over the years I've heard from thousands of people asking me questions about
1: their finances and I'm always happy to help. Fantastic. gailmarkstarvis.com and as I mentioned, you can find Gail on twitter on linkedin uh lots of wonderful advice for small business owners and individuals alike uh so find our column uh and of course check out our website shalomkline.com where you can download podcasts from every single episode of get down to business over these past three years and you'll find the podcast from today and a snake peek of who will be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship our next guest Uh, Is the founder of Teachability. Don't want to miss it. Don't touch the dollar. Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where you can download podcasts from. Get down to business. And we are a live show. You can call into the studio, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. I am thrilled to be joined here in studio by the CEO of Teachability, Cindy Montgomery. Thank you so much for joining us here and for your passionate work, Teachability. Tell us a little bit about it.
3: Teachability works with schools and businesses to set up simple and inexpensive accommodations for students with young adults with autism and other Invisible disabilities like depression or anxiety. We are a full-service consulting agency that is currently working with mom-and-pop shops, small businesses, fraternities, even a nonprofit that has a multi-million-dollar budget. We're very excited about Cindy, that, Cindy.
1: It's fantastic. Uh, there must be a personal uh, story behind this, if you don't mind telling. Yeah, no, about no, that. no.
3: Let me. I'm so excited. Uh, a friend of mine. She's a, a world-class disability consultant. She's in Canada. And she recently had a client who liked cooking. She approached her local community college and set up accommodations for their sous chef program. She then asked a local restaurant franchise owner to give her client a try as a sous chef as he completed the program. No one at the school or the restaurant had any prior knowledge or experience with autism. They just probably said, what do we have to lose? Why not give it a try? So they were happy to open the door. Um, he's now the best sous chef they've ever hired. He loves his work. And this is my favorite part. He, he socializes with his colleagues at the end of most nights. They hang out and have a drink. Um, that's really heartwarming for me because a lot of times, um, people with autism don't have a a way to have a good time and have fun and, and improve their social skills other than in kind of clinical settings or with one another. So it's really nice for me to hear that, um. Cindy,
1: what, when when did uh, TeachAbility uh, get started?
3: We started June 2nd, 2016. I started it because my son, who's 18, is on a spectrum, and he wanted to do something more than uh, what other people thought he could do. So now he is uh, uh, an intern at a radio station, and he's an intern at Senator Durbin's office. Um, and just loves it. He he takes the blue line. The RTA travel training that he received has given him an, an independence that I would have never thought possible. Um, I, I'm still kind of scared when he takes the blue line by himself, but he does, and he loves it. So and
1: Pauly's here uh, just outside of the studio, and and uh, I know uh, he's having fun walking around and meeting everybody over here, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So uh, Pauly's. Busy and, and, and has a, an, an incredible professional life. And you've made it your mission to make sure that, that there can be more stories like that uh, through your unique consulting uh, services that you've been able to provide. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the ideal company, the ideal company that you'd love to be working with.
3: Well, we would love to have white-collar offices, uh, accounting firms. There are some accounting firms right now that only hire people with autism uh, for scanning purposes, because they like—I uh, don't want to generalize too much—but oftentimes they like repetitive work, they like quiet, um, they have a, a laser-like focus. Um, so, accounting firms, insurance companies, financial firms, manufacturing companies—we um, we really don't have one specific business. It's more about what's the best fit for. The person who's looking for the opportunity, and I really want to stress that this is an inverse internship program. It's not a job placement program. It's a place to kind of um, network and get your foot in the door and feel each other out and see if there's a fit. And you know, it's it's more about the discovery process. I think a lot of times with people with autism, especially, people really want to find like the perfect solution right away. And I can, I kind of feel like it's like, you know, you don't know who you're going to marry right away. You Mm -hmm. want to date first. So Teachability is kind of saying, you know, have some bad experiences, learn how to be uncomfortable. And from that, you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. So we're just trying to broaden the scope of opportunities.
1: It's a learning experience for both the uh, for both the candidates uh, as well as for the companies uh, involved. It's it's a partnership, just like any employment experience. Uh, there always is that sort of marriage uh, that needs to take place, and we don't often think about it in those in, in that in that way. I, I know uh, Cindy, you and I have talked about this, but I know several employers that have indeed employed. Um, Uh, young adults and adults with uh, on the spectrum of of autism. And they have told me that uh, the those employees are looked upon more favorably than anybody else in the company. They make fewer mistakes. They come on time. They they're they're reliable uh, in every sense. Cindy, I'm curious if there are any statistics that you can share uh, that you've seen from the from the workplace, both regarding, uh, I, I guess, call it employment numbers uh, or or just perhaps just from your experience and from what you've heard uh, about uh, individuals with, with autism and the and their ability to uh, to attract employment?
3: Well, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences over the last 15 years and the statistics, whatever number you want to pick, is at least 75 percent can be up to 90 percent of adults with autism have no job and they need to get off the couch. They're excited to work. They like to follow the rules. They like to um, uh, have a home and and be somewhere long-term. So, you know, I keep thinking about this one place in Florida, it's a car wash and they have zero workman's comp claims, zero workman's comp claims um, because they follow the rules. And that's unheard of. That industry I think is 30% uh, is a workman's comp. So in a, in a, process driven business autism is a competitive advantage but businesses they don't get it yet and i wonder if because disability the word disability makes people think disabled or unable or not and it's Mm. so it's just it's a bad word and it's nobody's fault but i think business owners have to learn that this is an untapped market that is just waiting to explode
1: five years from now where do you want teachability to be
3: I want Teachability to have a national platform at the very minimum to help connect business owners with interns in a, in a, in a way that um, they can do it online. They, it al- almost like a match.com, but for businesses looking for somebody to come in and, and just help them with daily tasks. I know um, when Paulie had another, intern- somewhere else, another internship somewhere else, he uh, fixed the coffee machine. Nobody asked him. He just went in there. He noticed it was he doesn't even really drink coffee. He went in there and just noticed. And so there's so many just tiny little things like that that are just they, they can contribute so much that it's it's just a shame that that people are afraid of um what they don't know. So I think it's very important for small businesses to start to open the door and and just let job coaches and the and the people that come in handle all the work and they don't have to do a thing. They just have to open the door.
1: And I would agree that I think there's a unique opportunity with small businesses because it's a, a little bit easier to 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 make decisions. Uh, things can happen a lot uh, a lot more quickly, uh, which is which is helpful. But big companies as well. And I know that that's a, a message that you have uh, that TeachAbility is getting out there. Uh, you mentioned fraternities. You mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned companies that that TeachAbility can come in, uh, provide consulting services, and help create the culture, help create the environment, the training program, and all of the Necessary details that can go into successful not just one hire, but potentially filling and 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 uh, and addressing a lot of the needs within within the company. Are there are there any specific uh, examples that you could point to, or or conversations that are going on right now uh, that you want to highlight of companies that that are you think uh, leading the way?
3: Well, I, to finish my story from earlier, the restaurant owner, after he, um, hired the sous chef, he called my friend and said, I need seven more. <laughs> and because he had seven more franchises. So he's now planning to hire them, um, from the same sous chef program from the community college. Uh, we're also, we're working with TN Active Care, Autism Home Support, uh, hashtag valuable with Caroline Casey, uh, Score Mentors. Uh, Lamar Butler from DePaul University of the Hoopas Group, he um, talked to compliance and figured it out fairly easily and fairly quickly that this would be a a non-issue. So it's not just the mom-and-pop shops. It's not just a big corporation. It can be just for the medium-sized firms as well.
1: Well, Cindy Montgomery, I can't believe uh, what you're doing. It's fantastic. Uh, It's admirable, and I hope that many other companies can follow uh, the lead and uh, certainly have that conversation with you. I know you're always happy to have a conversation and and educate and share. Uh, we are running out of time. How can folks... uh Get a hold of you if they want to learn more.
3: We're at teachability.org. That's T E A C H A B I L I T Y because we're teaching everyone to have the ability to work together.
1: Teachability.org. It's fantastic. Cindy Montgomery, I hope that we'll have you back on to share many success stories, and I hope that our listeners will take the time to get a hold of you. Uh, get down to business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com. Or give them a call, six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero. We've got Got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Back on Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. I'm thrilled to be joined by Joe Ginsburg, who is a lifelong Chicagoan. Uh, Joe graduated law school and founded a respected law firm dedicated to representing, as he says, clients, not merely handling matters. Uh, Joe, aside for uh, the, uh, the, the firm, which we'll certainly talk quite a bit about, uh, I always love to highlight uh, giving in the community, and Joe volunteers for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, served as a board member and chairman of the board for Make-A-Wish. Uh, Joe, it's a privilege to have you on the program. Uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, tell us a little bit about the firm.
4: My pleasure. Um, as you said, we've been around for about 38 years and it w- our firm was designed to represent family-owned and closely-held businesses and really serve as their go-to place for legal advice. Um, because of our expertise, we've represented some very large international and domestic companies as well. But our focus is on closely-held businesses. And um, just about anything that they need, we try to meet. We have relationship-managing Partners who deal with the relationships with the clients. And our goal is always to become one of their trusted advisors.
1: So, Joe, we're going to talk. I'm, I'm fascinated, as you know, about the subject of uh, closely held businesses and, and family businesses. So, we'll certainly talk some more about that. We'll talk about community involvement. But I'm curious uh, about the firm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of attorneys talked to a lot of folks in the legal world in Chicago, and there are many firms that are out there. Why is, uh, as we say on Passiver, why is your firm different than any other firm?
4: Well, I think we're different because of our perspective. Um, we're kind of like um, the old family practitioners when there were things like that as doctors. <laughs> uh, we care about our, our patients, our clients, and we try, to, we try to deliver our services in a caring and thoughtful way. It's not just handling a matter and getting a matter done in a vacuum. Uh, we ask the clients hard questions when they want to do something, and often we get them to where they want to go, but not necessarily the way they thought they were going to get there. Um, I have a personal passion um, besides my general expertise, and that is with uh what's known what i call continuity planning and what people call succession planning i think it's a very very underserved underrecognized area particularly in the law it's not estate planning it's totally different than that it's it's what you try to do as a lawyer is put a business on a very very solid foundation so it can survive beyond a founder and a good succession plan can even be a sale in some
1: cases. Do you believe that businesses often uh, are not having that conversation, are not engaging in succession planning at least proactively? Definitely not.
4: It's like um, it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get um, a founder, particularly to address the issue, and I think it's really has to do with. Um, the culture in, in our country. Everybody here is an entrepreneur. Everybody you can think of that you admire is an entrepreneur. And um, I personally never believe in the self-made person. Uh, and all too often, um, the idea of some kind of planning of the type we're talking about, and that's putting A lot of time and effort into it it's not something you do in a minute it's not it's very little the paper is the culmination of a long process but the truth is that if you don't do that something is going to happen that's either going to ruin your business or ruin your family or both and I've witnessed it happen it's tragic in many cases very
1: tragic and it's it's something that's unnecessary and in businesses that that families that individuals uh, but families often have worked so hard to build and it's called building a business for a reason uh, only to have it destroyed because of the lack of planning how how disappointing so uh, joe i want to touch on something before we have to squeeze on a squeeze on a break Uh, you mentioned that you uh, act as a essentially part of the team you're a strategic advisor to companies what does that mean
4: That means if a client comes to me and says, you know, Joe, you don't really have to know what I need this building for or why I'm why I'm moving there. I just need a five year lease. I want to pay so much rent and so much and so forth. Um, To my way of thinking, that's like me going to an automobile mechanic without my knowledge, lack of knowledge of automobiles, and saying, "You hear that noise under the hood? Don't do. Don't test drive it. Don't put it on any monitors." Just change the water pump, and I'm sure it'll fix it. <laughs> um, you're not doing the client a service. You may come back to having a lease. But how you craft the lease to meet a client's needs, the best story I have for that is, <clears throat> excuse me, I represented a client who had a building and wasn't intended to be have a tenant in it. Uh, it was a small suburban bank building. And they called up and wanted to have a real estate office in there. And the long story short is that there were so many issues that they didn't think of, including the fact that the bank has banker's hours and the office (laughs) of a realtor is open seven days a week, 24-7.
1: Uh, Joseph Ginsburg, uh, we're going to be right back after a very, very quick break. Uh, certainly want to talk some more about the practice, talk more about uh, the strategic advisor that you are at so many clients. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm joined here in studio by attorney Joseph Ginsburg. Uh, Joe, you uh, went to law school at DePaul University. You've been practicing law for more than 40 years. We talked quite a bit about uh, the way you serve as a trusted strategic advisor to clients near and far. And I know that uh, you and I have had that discussion in the past. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you're involved in the community and encourage your other attorneys to do the same.
4: All of our attorneys are in, are encouraged to get involved in um, community-serving organizations, charitable organizations. I'm proud to say that, as you mentioned, I was chairman of the board of make Foundation. I'm uh, emeritus chairman uh, I started out as a wish granter and when they asked me to be on the board I said I didn't want to give up wish granting which is actually dealing with the kids and their families and that was a condition of me joining the board <laughs> and I did it all the way through my involvement in Make a Wish. It's a wonderful wonderful organization. There are so many ways to give back to our community and there are I've uh, taught classes at uh for entrepreneurs at uh the College of Lake County. I've done speaking on the subject. Uh, If anybody wants to get in touch with me and wants to learn more about uh, continuity planning and how to put a solid foundation under their business, I'll be glad to talk to them, even if there's nothing in it for
1: me. That's wonderful. And uh, Joe, what advice do you have for a startup, a 2017 startup company? Uh, I know we've talked a lot about as uh, you said, closely held businesses, perhaps family businesses, that may have been in a family for generations. What about a startup today? What should they be thinking about? Startups today should be thinking
4: about protecting themselves. And there are many, many ways to do it properly. Um, I often find that um, businesses that started off of the Internet, uh, and I mean documentation off of the internet um, come to me when they're starting to build something and we often have to undo a lot of things that were done because the thought process isn't there in the beginning when you're dealing with a form. I'll give you an example. Uh, I've been dealing with entrepreneurs for years about coming in and starting a business and it's very interesting that I'm the one that has to bring up what's your exit strategy and I was listening to one of the former speakers talking about exit strategies and they don't think about an exit strategy And and it's a building process to get to an exit strategy even if you're going to sell your business if that's your exit strategy if there are no successors likely successors you need to prepare your business to be sold. I can't tell you. I've represented buyers and sellers and sophisticated buyers who deal with a very successful business. that's not prepared to be sold. They're going to wheedle the purchase price down the minute they get through due diligence. And the typical conversation is, well, we told you in our letter of intent, we'd give you X dollars. But now that we've been through due diligence and we found all these things, we're going to have to give you a little bit less, or you're going to have to put money at risk. Well, I've been dealing with entrepreneurs for years. The minute they sign a letter of intent, they're buying their vacation home, they're done, they're thinking about packing up, and they're not really thinking about necessarily how to maximize their return on their investment. It's a lifelong investment for them. And by the way, good succession planning or continuity planning is still a transaction you have to take care of the primary generation and make sure that they are taken care of period.
1: Uh, we're we're chatting with attorney uh, Joseph Ginsburg and, and Joe, I have an interesting question for you. Uh, and are there without naming any names, of course, are there examples that you've seen of a business owner and a business that has gone through all of the processes you've mentioned so far, succession planning, Risk mitigation, protecting themselves successfully. Again, I'm not asking for names, but I'm curious, just the profile of the individual and, and, and what steps should our listeners be taking today?
4: The steps they should be taking today is to start thinking about what would happen if I got hit by a truck tomorrow to my business and my family.
1: Have you seen people do this?
4: It's very hard to get them to focus on it, and the reason is because they believe you're dealing with their mortality. They think, I've never met a really successful entrepreneur that in his heart of hearts didn't think, if I die, not when I die. And the truth is, when they equate it to that, when they equate the business going on without them to death, it's very hard to get them to focus on it, but that isn't the way it is. I've got I've got clients that we've gen- we've gone to the third generation with, where the founders are still involved. They're still on the board. They still communicate with their children and grandchildren about the business. Their advice is well well worth it.
1: Well, Joe, you know I was taught when I got into business uh, something very important, and that's that a good attorney knows how to ask good questions, and you certainly ask the, all the right questions. Attorney Joseph Ginsburg, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio. I do want to make sure our listeners can contact you, learn more about the Make-A-Wish Foundation, learn more about, uh, about all the topics that we just talked about, succession planning, guidance, mer- mergers, acquisitions, so, so much important advice. How can our listeners get a hold of you?
4: Well, uh, you can easily reach me on LinkedIn, and I'm also... Uh, on our website, which is uh, lgattorneys.com. And my contact is Jay Ginsburg at lgattorneys.com i'll be glad to talk to anybody that wants to call you can call me at 312-368-0100
1: fantastic Uh, lgattorneys.com and we've got more tips advice and information coming up for you after this quick break you're listening to get down to business the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship we're powered by tandem hr get on my website shalomkline.com but chicago don't touch the dial we'll be right back Back on, get down to business, and it's time for a business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7:30 a.m. right here on AM 560. The answer we've talked a lot in this week's program about the challenges faced by every salesperson, every entrepreneur, and a lot of that involves leads organization and follow up. Uh, that's something that many business owners struggle with, and our ability to be efficient and effective in those areas directly impacts our bottom line. So I want to talk to you about three letters. Those three letters are CRM, Customer Relationship Management. And a platform for that process is a must. You need the right tool to organize your leads, store their information in your correspondence, alert you of any follow-up dates and commitments, as well as provide you with the ability to measure your results. Without it, you will miss out on opportunities. Uh, A CRM, a good CRM, is an essential foundation for success, and combined with follow-up and feedback, you're well on your way to consistent revenue. So uh, it's very important to have goals for yourself to make sure that you have some specific uh, numbers that you're trying to attain, trying to achieve, and many business owners that I talk to don't have those goals in mind, and unless you have the goals, how are you expecting to achieve them? So... When you have a CRM, you want to pay attention to some things like your revenue target. You want to look at how much is your average sale? How many sales are required to meet your revenue target? What's your sales win rate? What's your closing rate? How many opportunities do you need to win a sale? What's your lead to opportunity conversion rate? And we've talked about this so many times On this program, about the difference between a lead and an opportunity and how to move those things along. But you need to identify those numbers about yourself, identify where your strengths and your weaknesses lie, and only then can you achieve it. And you have to look at how many leads are required to create an opportunity, how many touches, how many meetings, how many calls are required to contact and engage a raw lead and uh, you have to look at how many total activities are required. So now let me explain very, very quickly why CRMs are important. When I uh, talk to companies that are trying to improve their sales funnel, often the problem is not a lack of leads. It's that their sales team, it might be them themselves, are not being consistent and persistent in how they contact their leads. If you pursue a single lead over a span of weeks via phone, email, email, and maybe even in meetings, then following up on the voicemails that were left. This cannot be tracked using memory or spreadsheet, I promise you. If you leave phone messages for 25 leads daily and they need to follow up, it's not going to happen without the help of a CRM. If you don't have one, go on my website, and I could give you some best practices and pointers and tips on what I've seen that has worked. But what if you say you already have a CRM? If so, I guess I love you. Okay, to be fair, love is a very strong word. But I feel about you the same way. I feel about gas station hot dogs. A lot of optimism tempered with a bit of experience-based caution. You want to make sure you're using the best system that's helping you measure all of the numbers needed about the leads and the opportunities and your and your follow-up rate. And again, if you are fortunate enough to have more than a few people in your office and you actually have a few people that are dedicated to business development – a CRM is a must-have so you can monitor their progress and so you can be an effective manager. You owe it to yourself to be a good business owner to make sure that you have the systems in place that can help you uh, maximize your your, call it your investment. It's an insurance policy on your sales team. So again, we've talked about CRMs. I'm going to post a lot more tips, advice, and information on the subject on my website at shalomkline.com. You'll learn about CRMs. I'll post some links to some good CRMs that I've seen. I know a lot of our listeners use Salesforce. That's not the only system that's out there. I'm not downplaying it. It's a good tool. Um, what a fantastic lineup of guests. Gail Marks Jarvis from Reuters. Cindy Montgomery from Teachability. Attorney Joseph Ginsburg, lots of great tips, advice, and information. Check out my website, shalomklein.com, where you can download this entire program as well as get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Once again, we're powered by Tandem HR to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next week.